Hello, and my name is Peter Rushmer, and I'm your host today of a Half Dozen Things podcast. A Half Dozen Things is a podcast for business owners and professionals just like you. Whether you're an underdog hungry for success or you're already smashing it but want to continue to level up, we're here each week for you to get insight and learning from the very best in the business. No fluff, no BS and no self-proclaimed gurus talking about how easy business or life is. Just real, frank and raw conversations. Hi, I'm joined today by Poonam Anandaraj. She is a chartered physiotherapist and she's the founder of Peak Health Clinics. She joins me today to talk about driver welfare and driver well-being and how we can best ensure that those behind the wheel are in the peak physical condition that they can be in to improve on road safety as well. I really do hope you enjoy this session and catch you soon. afternoon almost one minute too so we're a little bit early getting on here for 12 o'clock uh but yeah my my watch has just turned 12 myself so yeah good afternoon everyone who's tuning into this live um and and hello at any other time for anyone tuning in as well obviously once we've finished recording it uh it's my absolute pleasure to have Poonam join me today from she's a chartered physiotherapist uh i'm going to get her to introduce herself in a moment but yeah thank you Poonam. it's amazing um Poonam, uh, do quite a bit of networking together and um you know she's just absolutely fantastic she's great at what she does and um you know fantastic reviews and we were having a bit of a discussion around the fact that i do a lot of transport management and i do a lot of uh supporting drivers with training uh, and with different areas and something that we don't focus on enough in the transport sector is around driver health and well-being and around how best drivers can look after themselves from a physical and mental point of view. So that's what this session's about. We're going to be sharing five peak health tips for professional drivers. So, um, yeah, thank you for joining us. I hope you get some value out of it. We're going to be recording the session and also putting it on my podcast, Half Dozen Things as well. So, yeah, really, really looking forward to hearing from Poonam. So, Poonam, are you able to just introduce yourself, please, to uh, anyone watching? Thank you. Hi, yes, it's absolutely wonderful for you to have me here, Pete. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be part of your group. Um, I'm Punam. I'm the owner of Peak Health Clinics, which is a growing concern based in Peterborough, Cambridgeshire, where we look at providing solutions in physiotherapy, acupuncture, health and wellness. So um, I actually cover a broad spectrum of conditions. I personally am a chartered physiotherapist, qualified about 22, 25 years ago. Um, seems a very long time ago now. And I've been using acupuncture in that whole period of time as well. I happened to be in the right place at the right time so that I got my first bit of acupuncture training within months of me graduating as a chartered physiotherapist. What I find works very, very well is to combine the two modalities of physiotherapy and acupuncture in looking at the overall health um, di- provision for people. So I have worked within the NHS. I've done all my rotational work there. I have gained a lot of experience within the hospital trust, but I also have worked privately and now have got um, a fantastic facility based in Peterborough, just literally off the A1, um, where we can um, develop very much of a bespoke solution for individuals. Amazing. Yeah, you, you are literally walking distance from uh, A1 services at Peterborough, aren't you? So, Absolutely, uh, not, yes. Not, not too far away based there up on um, 
up in Orton Southgate. So the five top tips that we're going to share, Poonam, obviously th- these are things that you've worked on with people, uh, whether they're drivers or, or elsewhere as well. But the first tip is around what sort of typical musculoskeletal injuries a driver may have if they drive for long distances. What sort of things would we be likely to expect from drivers with that? Okay, so um, I was actually doing a bit of uh, preparation and, and research uh, for today's talk, and I've got some data based out of both Canada and America, where they obviously we have a lot of truck drivers there who cover probably greater distances than what we cover within Britain and the, the continent. And so their data about driver uh, musculoskeletal injuries is far more robust than what we would have within the UK. And I've used their data and what they've found in uh, several bits of uh, research, and some as recently produced as just a, you know two or three years ago, is that nearly three-fifths of truck drivers would have a um, significant, is the word they use, musculoskeletal pain or discomfort within the last 30 days. And the main areas that people seem to be reporting injuries in are their neck, their arms, hands, wrists, and back. Um, so these are the areas when we so speak about musculoskeletal zones. Musculoskeletal is medical jargon that refers to conditions around your muscles, your soft tissues and your bones. So any aches and pains that most people would experience in their day to day life that is not trauma related, not a direct um, injury or, or, or a condition related will come under musculoskeletal. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, so with um, with the guys driving or guys and, and ladies, women yes. and men, um, obviously, my experience is that actually there are far more men drivers out there. Uh, you know, yes. out of, um, all the time that we've been delivering training, we it's, it's in the single percentage figures that we see we see women come through. So get out there driving, women. Uh, we're not here to put put you off at all. Um, but well, yeah. what's fantastic is yesterday I saw somebody over at my local Tesco um, depot, and she was a female truck driver and did an amazing job getting out of a really tight spot. So go women. <laughs> Oh, amazing! Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I think uh, that that that's obviously maybe a discussion for another day, Puna. But um, yeah, absolutely, um, absolutely fantastic. So with with drivers, what what is it about the role that they're doing um, uh, in businesses and and as part of their everyday life? What is it about the role that's going to cause these physical challenges that they face? Okay, so um, I suppose the biggest and most obvious thing that people would think about is the prolonged sitting position that drivers will be in. Um, Certainly we have legislation here within the UK that does need to be followed and complied with that will limit how long a person is going to be able to um, physically drive for. What is imperative is when you have to take that essential truck stop, get out of your cab and start and change position. Our bodies are designed for movement. And a lot of our problems develop in, um, in within our bodies. Uh, sorry, a lot of problems develop within our bodies. That might be as a truck driver or as an office worker. If we spend time doing what our bodies are not designed to do, we are asking for trouble. So if you're in a prolonged sitting position, what you're going to have, and if I sort of um, it's very, very easy when you're driving to sort of slump back and end up in a position which if I turn side on, um, you might be able to see a bit better. You kind of like end up in a position where you have a chin jutting forward, slightly overly rounded shoulders, and the shoulders therefore roll inwards 
and it can create um, a, a condition known as shoulder impingement. So some of the people out there might have already heard of things like shoulder impingement, rotator cuff injuries, and that can be really easily preventable by maintaining a good upright posture in the first place. So making sure that your seat is in a good, comfortable position, making sure that you are uh, appropriately distanced away from the steering will help. Um, making sure as well that you adjust all your rear view mirrors and all the rest of it uh, is very good. Advice that's come out from the Institute of Advanced Motorists, which obviously doesn't apply necessarily to truck drivers, but to all motorists, is when you get out of a vehicle, you ought to take your, uh, get your seat and slide it all the way back or alternatively all the way forwards. So that when you next get into the car, if you remember what it's like when you were first a learner driver, you'd have to get in and make all your adjustments to your seat and to your mirror and, and everything else and check everything and double check and triple check it. That's what the Institute of Advanced Motors wants us to do. They want us to reposition our seat. They want us to reposition our mirrors as well because that will then set us up into an alert sitting position. As we start driving and as our bodies start to fatigue, we start slumping. So when we get to the point where you can no longer see as clearly out of that rear view mirror, that should be a prompt not to lower the mirror, which is what a majority of people end up doing and kind of like find a comfortable position, but instead to be upright again and to re-prompt back into that upright alert sitting position. The other thing to note is when we're, uh, especially in, in vehicles, there is an awful lot of vibrational energy that will come through the seats. So if um, certainly the bigger trucking firms might be able to invest in um, seats that will dampen the vibrational force. So there might be some people out here who are listening who have heard of something called white hand or white finger syndrome. And that is a well-known condition that occurs when you're using vibrational tools like maybe a drills or something. But in a similar way, when you get when you get vibrational effects coming through the body and you're kind of juddering all the way through, you can end up with conditions that can... Um, uh, irritate nerve endings and 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 can create a vibrational effect. So long sitting is not a great uh, idea, both for posture as well as the forces that our bodies experience. Um, the other thing as well is when people are um, doing any task for a period of time, anything longer than 40 minutes actually is what's, um, so the Institute of um, uh, ergonomic studies will actually suggest that you need to limit our, our any task to 40 minutes because beyond that we actually start to lose concentration and when we're driving for long periods of time and it's a long straight road and might be on cruise control you start to lose concentration and mental fatigue can set in quite quickly as well so it is essential to make sure that you are sitting upright you're taking nice deep breaths every so often so that you're trying to maintain as healthy a mental alert state as possible. Again, that will keep the body in physically good shape. I think we'll probably talk in a little while as well about the possibility of doing exercise shortly, and I'll, I'll tag yeah. that in as well. Uh, absolutely, yeah. So we've just had a comment come in, uh, Punam, from uh, okay. Dave Miller on Facebook. He's uh, he's just said, Punam, would you also recommend utilisation of things like resistance bands and scapular work exercise to help in terms of corrective or preventative measures for these issues? Indeed, yes. So um, if, you, if you've got resistance bands and you know the term scapular setting, um, those are quite good. Um, yes, the proviso against that is please do not do that whilst you're actually at the wheel and driving. Your, your vehicle needs to be turned off and you need to be out of the, the driving seat. But yes, scapular control, scapular setting exercises are, are exercises that will help to strengthen the muscles 
in and around the shoulder blade area. When you have got a good strong upper, upper back, so shoulder blade area, what that does is it helps to open out the chest. It brings in better air circulation and supply into, um, in with the um, gas exchange, and it helps to maintain a good upright posture. But what it also does is it significantly takes the load off the neck muscles. So you're less likely to develop things like fatigue headaches and migraines that can relate very much from the forward chin position that I was speaking about earlier. So, yeah, good call on the resistance band and scapular setting, Dave. Awesome. Yeah, he's uh, he's sent a laughy cry face, I think, due to <laughs> what we said about driving and doing his exercises at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't think you'd probably be doing it as you're driving, but I just suddenly realised that um, uh, we do need to cover our backs in this day and age of medical legal cover uh, situations. Yeah, of, course. <laughs> of course. I think uh, what, what's interesting to me or what makes me laugh is that um, sometimes uh, moving moving the driver's seat is uh, is a, could be could be uh, punishment worse than death for some drivers because uh, particularly when I used to run workshops, you know, I'd occasionally get the odd call from a driver who'd be very upset that his seat got moved when the vehicle came in for service. Maybe uh-huh. he had a particularly a particularly tall technician or a particularly short technician having to move the seat forward or back to get to the pedals. And uh, yeah, I'd get a phone call, a uh, sort of workshop manager, and uh, yeah, they'd, they'd ring me up and go. They moved my seat. I told them not to move my seat, etc. So yeah, there, there might be a few who might be averse to that idea, but I, I, I think it's a great suggestion actually because it does set you up just right to make sure that you're you're where you should be and, and got a good posture. So yeah, fantastic. To be honest, I think that's some advice I need to follow as well because I think even in my own domestic car, um, I, I don't have to share my car with anybody else. But on the odd occasion, um, if let's say my mother's come to visit and she drives my car, she's got. I don't know why she drives so close to the steering wheel and it drives me absolutely potty. So I can I can commiserate with the other drivers when their seats have been moved. But to be fair, um, it is actually an incredibly useful technique. Um, and it, it does take away a lot of the thinking process of when it is that my body's kind of like shifting into a fatigued position. I would push for it. Awesome. Thank you. One of the notes you put, one of the other effects that we haven't really talked about yet was uh, like blood clotting and, and the chance of oh, blood gosh, clotting. Yes. That's something that comes with uh, prolonged sitting as well. Yes, yes. Yeah. Good pick up on that one, Pete. Um, we um, haven't, as, as a nation, um, had op- or as a world, we haven't had opportunity to travel in the last 18 odd months or so. But prior to that, people would probably remember the, there is a risk of things like blood clots with long haul flights, for example. People also will develop blood clots if they're sitting in a coach for long journeys um, or in a train for long journeys. And in the same vein, excuse the pun, Um, truck drivers who are doing long haul journeys are as much at risk as any of those other long haul um, journey makers in developing the risk of blood clots. There are, so there's another study, I'm just going to sort of look this one up here because this is a really excellent study just to so speak about. It was published in the American Journal of Industrial Medicine in 2014, and it was a study that has been Funded and, and, and published by a group called NIOSH, which is the American um, National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health. And what they did was they interviewed um, close to 2,000 drivers, 1,670 drivers. And um, it was a massive study, partly funded by the US Department of Transport. So they have invested huge amounts in here. And what they found is that in truck drivers, long haul truck drivers, Um, There is a 69% um, level of obesity and 51% level of smoking amongst that population, which is double 
the average for the US working population. So that's really quite significant. And, and these figures are pretty much um, reflected upon what we see within the European drivers and, and the UK drivers as well. So things like um, hypertension or high blood pressure, truck drivers are running at 26% and that. Obesity, smoking and high cholesterol combined with little or no physical activity and potentially six fewer hours of sleep in a 24-hour period, all of these actually are very, very high-risk factors for developing a variety of um, other issues, what we would call comorbidities. So blood clots go hand in hand with things like high blood pressure, cholesterol issues, um, lack of movement, obesity. So if a person happens to be running two or more of these um, few risk factors I've just mentioned, that actually puts them at a very high risk uh, category for developing things like blood clots. Now, these blood clots uh, might just be in the legs um, and are known as DVTs or deep vein thrombosis, can be very painful and actually do need attention. But if they get dislodged, it can actually lead to life-threatening conditions um, and um, can sort of lodge in, in the lung area, in the heart area. So it is very important that we go forward and maintain the, the movements that we're going to talk about shortly, so for some of the exercises as well. Um, so you do want to limit your pronoun sitting. Yeah, amazing. No, I am um, really, really interested in that. And I don't know if I've shared this with you before, Fernand, but I, I actually had pulmonary embolism. So I had blood clots in my lungs uh, many, many years ago when I was quite poorly. I'd, uh, I'd been treated with a clotting, uh, clotting drug because I'd, I'd had a hemorrhage. And um, I can tell you now, drivers, it's the most painful thing. It's excruciating. Um, blood clots are really, really painful. And then the treatment's horrific as well because you get treated with warfarin, which is a blood thinning agent. and um, yeah, it's it's not not a nice experience at all. And and you know, when you're treated warfarin, when you cut yourself, you just keep bleeding. You don't have a clot, and you know it's it's just not a nice uh, not a nice situation at all, is it? Yeah. No, it, the prevention side of things is so much better than the cure. And and the majority of the things that we're talking about, to be honest, are the, and the main take home message I really want to send across to the drivers as well as to um, probably the, the the industry as a whole um, is that the factors that we're speaking about are entirely um, modifiable. So we don't have to have these high levels of risk running through. Um, you know, there are lots of things that we can do to prevent these conditions from developing in individuals. Of course, of course. Okay, so should we just have a quick touch on nutrition then? Because nutrition yeah. is, is one of the other challenges around, you know, it's par for the course, isn't it, with um, long distance driving and uh, poor accessibility to, to good quality food and, and good quality nutrition as well. Um, Obviously, that, that then has a physical impact, doesn't it, Puna? Yes, it does. Yes. Um, I mean, we all kind of, we've heard the adage of, you know, you are what you eat. Um, and I suppose it, we are, as a, as a global community, becoming much more aware of the quality of food that we eat. And, you know, we're turning to buy more organic free trade and, and free range and so on. Not so easy when you're on the road for hours on end. Um, however, there are facilities and it does require a little bit of planning and a little bit of forethought, um, but you would be able to potentially use the space in and around the cabin where you've got your, your cooking facilities as well to prepare decent meals for yourselves. Um, it doesn't have to be, um, you know, a, a full banquet, um, but if a couple of simple meals that would work very, very well would be something like maybe having a few eggs. Eggs are great with protein, they digest reasonably well, and they will give you good filling power. So if you were to substitute something like maybe a burger for maybe a boiled egg as a snack, perhaps, 
that would actually be far more nutritionally healthy for you. You don't have the fats, you don't have the carbohydrates, and you don't have the stodginess that's going to lead to the mental fatigue coming through as much as you would if you were to have the protein-based egg. Um, other simple solutions that are really very, very easy to do would be to drink your water. Um, rather than the fizzy drinks and the sugary drinks, even if you were to substitute your sugary drinks for the, the sugar-free version, so for example, um, a pop rather, uh, uh, rather than having a diet pop version, um, if you were to substitute those with just plain water, you would be far better off. The recommendation would be for you to have eight liters of clear water in a day, um, and that's eight, um, eight liters, I do apologize, that's an awful lot, eight glasses or two liters of water. Um, in the summer, you want to top that up to at least three liters <laughs> or 12 glasses. I think, uh, I, think, I, think, I think this is kind of a, an age-old challenge for, for long-distance drives as well, isn't it? Because, uh, you know, the, the challenge is, is that they don't want to go for the toilet and they yes. don't stop and, and what have you. So the uh, the the tendency is to have the morning coffee and then to crack on, right? Um, and uh, that that is um, obviously that doesn't lend itself well. So it's it's timing it's timing those drinks and making sure the amount of liquid to stay hydrated because getting dehydrated will then create mental fatigue yes. as well, right? So it's a vicious cycle. And I think so. Yeah, so an excellent around that. Yeah. Would be and, and just, just quickly. It, yeah. I, I just want to say about sort of this is why it's so important. And anyone listening who runs premises for drivers, if, if they're listening or if they catch up, so important. You know, the HSC have put out about making sure that toilet stops are available and and people make them available for drivers because it's been it's been a big challenge in the sector around, uh, around particularly with COVID as well. You know, that people have not been. Uh, given access to, to, to toilet facilities when they're, when they're at their stops, and, uh, and and that needs to change. Sorry, That certainly doesn't. No, no, I think that, that's something. I wasn't aware that there was that limitation. Um, it, it's it basically, it's a denial of a human right, really, if you haven't got toilet facilities, really, isn't it? And yeah. I suppose that could that's open up a whole series of other discussions. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I suppose, especially if we're trying to encourage female drivers into the profession as well, I suppose it's even more of an issue to consider those needs because I mean, um, it may be possible for part of the population in the trucking facility to maybe use um, facilities that women may not necessarily have. I'm not sure how to put that any more delicately. <laughs> I, I, no, I, think, I think that was uh, that was very eloquent. So well done. <laughs> <laughs> but what I was going to suggest, um, assuming that there are facilities at truck stops. A good way to do it will be to try, rather than um, having your teas and coffees as caffeinated drinks, see if you can have the decaffeinated versions in the first place, because they tend to have a slightly less diuretic, slightly less of draining effect than the caffeinated ones. Sip away at your water over the course of um, your drive. So is it four hours, Pete, and then there has to be a, an enforced stop? Yeah, well, it, it, it depends on the vehicle operation as to how regularly they'll stop. But the, the EU driver's hours rules means it's four and a half hours driving. Four and a half. Yeah. So probably for the there. first, uh, you know, one to two hours, just sip away at the water so that if you were to get through um, one meter um, in about, you know, in, in two hours, just in little sips, that's quite nice. I will get a, a low level, almost like a drip drip effect going into the body that will create a hydration. What you also want to do separate to hydrating your body is to get a flushing of the body going through. So when you know you are approximately half an hour away 
um, from your next truck stop that you know you're going to be able to use facilities off, that would be a great time to then down another liter of water. So if you had two bottles in your in your cab with you, that would be fantastic. So the second bottle that you have, the second liter of water that you're drinking, will then be used very much as a flushing um, system. So when you get to your truck stop in half an hour, it would have gone through, it would have done the clearance, you'd be getting rid of the toxic buildup of chemicals that can create issues around your kidneys and around your blood. And you don't want, what you don't want um, when you're driving, especially, is to develop something like maybe a bladder infection, because then the desire and the need to stop and, and relieve the self is actually so much greater. And so if you just keep working on a, uh, from a diuretic perspective and just keep flushing the body, you keep your kidney health and your bladder health as optimal as possible. It also goes hand in hand with mental health. So the more we drink, the better alertness we have, the more we drink of clear waters, uh, the better mental health and alertness we do have. Yeah, awesome, awesome. We're going to talk about mental health in a little bit. We're on to the third area now. So let, let's just talk a bit about headaches and glare off the road and lights and what sort of impact that, that can have. So now. Okay, so... Um, the, the two separate issues here. Um, you can get headaches from a variety of different reasons. Um, headaches is one of the areas that physiotherapists do specialize in. Um, and a lot of headaches can actually be controlled by looking at the neck and the head position. So what I was speaking of earlier on, of trying to provide that, uh, prevent that forward chin position and kind of like that slumpy position, that's going to do, uh, if you can stay upright, you will actually take off a lot of strain from the back of the neck at the point where the neck and the head meet. If you reduce the pressure and the strain there, you will reduce a lot of the headaches that come from the back of the neck, the tension type of headaches as well. So that'll be the first thing. So driver positioning can reduce your headaches. A second thing that can reduce generalized headaches is to make sure that your optical health, your vision is good. So if you are like someone like myself needing to wear glasses, it would be a great idea to get um, checked out if you find that you are not able to focus either close up if you're reading material or further out um, or, or even in between, because as we get older, our eyesight changes and we become more long sighted. And so we might start to need to do things like use very focal glasses and so on. Um, so optical health can make a big difference to the level of headaches you get. There are certain smells that can trigger very severe headaches. So if you know that you are somebody who tends to react, let's say to artificial uh, fragrances, when you go to service stations and you go to the toilets and they've got those artificial fragrances in the toilets to try and keep the place smelling a little bit fresher, it might trigger a headache. So it'll be that's something that you just need to observe in your own health. And if you know that you're somebody who seems to get triggered every time you stop at services, it might be this artificial, um, uh, air, fra air refreshner things that they've got in there, in which case take 10, 15 minutes out outdoors in the open air, taking in a few nice lungfuls of oxygen into your body and kind of essentially flushing out the smells of the artificial stuff that you've put in. So those are three big things that will actually contribute significantly to headaches. Glare off the road or glare off um, uh, like wet surfaces or cars coming at you, other trucks coming at you with bright lights, they can trigger headaches that uh, are in the category of migraines. Um, again, they can be managed both with medication as well as using um, uh, it, it's a certain filter that they can put on top of your glasses um, at, at the opticians. And so you can kind of like have like an anti-glare element and some of these anti-glare uh, coatings are much more efficient. So if you're somebody who is a long distance driver, you will automatically qualify to kind of 
have that higher level of anti-glare coating coming through. So definitely must speak to your opticians about it. Don't keep that from them. Brilliant, brilliant. Okay, so uh, that, that's fantastic. So the fourth area was around just general mental health for drivers as well, obviously, with long sustained periods potentially away from home um, and, and job insecurities and what have you. Um, are, are you happy to just sort of explore that a bit more? Because I know it's something that's really important to you as well, Fona. Oh, yes. Yeah. Our mental health is so vital. And I think we, uh, more and more we're beginning to realise the value of good mental health. And then I was having a conversation with somebody recently and they uh, suggested that rather than using the term mental health, because that has connotations of, um, I don't know, some sort of a stigma attached to it, what we should be thinking about um, is our mental well-being, our mental wellness. So we want to be in a state where we are well not where we're trying to fight to gain health in an area. Um, physical health is one side, obviously. If we're down in our physical health, so if you've got things like the high blood pressure, we're not sleeping, we're not eating well, these will affect our mental health. So in order to get good mental wellness, we do need to be looking at our physical wellness. And I know we're going to cover exercises in a minute. But the other things that we do need to take account of, especially within the trucking fraternity, is that... As drivers, you tend to spend long, long, long periods of time on the road in isolation. Um, yes, now we have things like, you know, hands-free phones and so on, and you can make contact, but you're still pretty much on your own with a few people to speak with. And sometimes that might be useful, and other times you do need to talk to people. But you also are spending time away from your support systems, probably from your family. It might be that you've got somebody at home who's unwell or expecting a baby imminently, or, you know, you've left your significant other doing all the homeschooling. Thank goodness that's ended. Um, but, you know, it puts a lot of pressure and you're just thinking, yeah, I know he or she is just not coping as well because they just need to sleep and I'm on the road. And it can create an element of conflict. Um, it is important that you speak with your work um, side of things and 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 um, from a work perspective I'd hope that you'd be compassionate to your drivers and understand what they're going through because mental health and mental illness are so important and having prolonged periods of time on your own it messes with your head and it can uh, create uh, scenarios where you end up overthinking and becoming quite overwhelmed and um, the, the, the flip side of that is if you have got things going on in the mind and you're preoccupied with that, how much attention is that driver honestly spending on the road? What is the risk of an accident potentially if perhaps mentally their head is somewhere else rather than on the job? Um, and that's why I think it is so important that we have honest and open conversations um, between employer and employee without the sense of creating a label where the the driver's made to feel, um, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for, inferior or just not good enough for being not coping with what other people seem to be able to cope with. Mental health is individual. Mental wellness is an individual situation. So I think we need to look at those as individual categories, really. There was another yeah. bit, Pete, there was about, about being on the road for a long time. And there was a second part to your question. Yeah, so um, I think it's sort of a, a, around men's mental health in particular. <laughs> I think I think what, what what you were saying around uh, from a stigma point of view, I think it's it's so important. You know, obviously as a business, we offer mental health awareness training and sessions, and we also do it as part of the driver CPC. I think it's um, I think it's massively important to understand that that is um, 
understanding mental health and, and reducing stigma is so vital. And and I suppose we'll talk a bit more about men's mental health in particular, but it's uh, getting getting men to be able to open up and be brutal and honest about how um, how things are affecting and impacting them and to be able to recognise that and be able to have a conversation with the employer and the employer feels well equipped to be able to support uh, a, a driver and make a reasonable adjustments. I think it's, it's vitally important, isn't it? It is, and I think as well, uh, times are changing, and I think men are. Um, it is becoming far more acceptable to hear and to observe men having um, honest situations where they're saying, "I'm not coping so well. I'm not happy. I'm struggling." Um, I'd like to hear more of these situations because it's only when we're honest with ourselves about what we're feeling can we actually end up doing something about it. A lot of the time, women have been seen to be the winches and the whiners. Um, and it's, oh, here she goes again. She's always complaining about something or the other. But the, the truth of the matter is, as women, we tend to find other women we whinge to, we sort the world out, and then we go home. Um, and so we create an external vent, essentially, for the buildup of the stuff that is just life. There are a lot of men, and especially if you're um, a, a truck driver and you don't have anyone to speak with, where you will internalize, capture everything inside, and it becomes a bit like a bottle that just gets shaken up and you've just got this pressure within yourself. And eventually that comes out in a very negative manner. So when, if and when you do stop at, let's say, truck stops and so on, maybe it might be a nice um, idea to introduce an, a new change into the culture of drivers where you, rather than just saying hi how you're doing actually stop and listen to how the other person is actually doing and if they say you know what I'm struggling feeling lonely or I'm just tired of these long days I want to be back at home my partner's about to have a baby whatever it might be bring it out let it out there even if the person doesn't receive it at least you've let it out and it's not building up within you but if you are the hearer Perhaps a little bit of compassionate listening might go a long way. And even if all you were to say was, oh, I'm really sorry to hear you're struggling, even that acknowledgement will go a long, long way to making the first person feel that they matter and that their words and their emotions actually um, will make a difference. So mental health is so important that we actually look after it. Um, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. I think it's vital that people feel listened to and understood. I think that they're, they're, they're the key things is that, and, and by raising awareness and by uh, openly discussing, it's the only way to shine a light. And it's like the only way that we can seek to understand people and understand how things are. And uh, I, I implore any employers or transport managers, I know there might be a few watching this or listening to this. It's so important to just understand uh, you, you don't have to have all the answers. This this is the thing. You don't have to have all the answers. It's about seeking the correct help for people and supporting them uh, in, in what they need to do. You, no one expects anyone to be an expert who's in the transport sector. It's about hearing people, understanding, helping. I think it's uh, and, and being being positive about uh, the the support that can be provided and, and how we can help people. So yeah, massively important. So yeah, thank you for that. I think that's amazing. So and the fifth area was around. Um, the need for regular uh, MSK checkups. So uh, if, if you're able to just sort of cover cover those off, please, Poonam, and then potentially, uh, have you got any tips for what, what drivers can take away? What can transport managers take away to help their drivers with from an exercise point of view as well? Okay, so um, MSK tips, I would suggest the big takeaway is 
look at your sitting posture. You are going to be in a position where, unfortunately, I can't change your, your posture. You're going to need to sit. Um, there, if you're working in an office, I'd be able to suggest alternatives, maybe standing, moving, walking about, but in the in uh, as a truck driver, there isn't any option. But you want to make sure that you follow the guidelines about how to position your chair in the most appropriate position. Um, go back to the instructions that you were given when you were a learner truck driver set your vehicle up in that manner again follow the advice from the institute of advanced motorists and readjust your seats and your mirrors each and every time you get out that will make a big difference to the loading that your body is going to go through and i think as a driver if you take responsibility for yourself in some of these things then we can ask the employer to do other things so as an employer if you are in a position to look into the dampening effect of the vibrational forces that come through the seats and the steering columns that would be fantastic um there are um potentially it, it might be a little bit of a financial investment However, you almost need to do a bit of costings effect and just see, is it beneficial to put in the uh, products that are going to prevent the vibrational force from coming through? Or is it more beneficial to let the drivers suffer an injury? Contentious, I leave it out there. I'm a clinician, not a policymaker. So um, I would look at it from a clinician's perspective because what I see, unfortunately, are the people who have been in a position where they have been exposed to a uh, working environment for such a long period of time that they have now become set in the working patterns and set in the forces that the body's experience, whether that might be as a factory worker or a, or, or a driver or people who, um, you know, pickers, people who work out in, in the field and pick vegetables, pick, pick um, plants and so on. Our working positions and our working hours can actually make a difference to the pressures that we go through. So if we're going to be using the same muscles on a regular basis, you are going to get muscle fatigue. So if you were somebody, let's say a car mechanic, and you're working up underneath a car and you've got your arms up overhead and your head's up in this position, you're going to get neck strain, you're going to get shoulder strain, you're going to get back strain. If you're a hairdresser and you're working behind a person, you, you're kind of like working from above them this way, you are going to get neck strain, shoulder strain, wrist strain from using the hair dryers and so on. And in the same way as a driver, you're probably going to get things like maybe a bit of wrist strain, especially if you're holding the steering wheel incorrectly. Um, so if you have got your wrist slightly overly bob, you know, backward bent, that will give you a bit of a strain similar to a carpal tunnel. Um, if you find that you are getting neck strains, head pains coming down into your shoulders, into your arms, slightly that is a neck or an upper back problem. If you pop in and see somebody like myself, I would be able to check you out, have a little look to see what's actually going on in the body, give you a correct diagnosis, and at the same time, give you an individualized um, sort of treatment plan from a prevention perspective, as well as what we're going to do to correct it. So I think it was Dave who mentioned earlier on about the scapular setting exercises. That is one of the exercises that I give out very regularly for people who are working in a forward rolled position, hairdressers physios, drivers, we're all working in that forward position. And so scapular setting is really important. If you were to participate in any other sports, however, um, it might be that you don't need the scapular work because you might already be nice and strong in the scapular area, but you might need core work going on. So even sitting um, actually will require your core to be nice and activated if you're sitting correctly. If you go into a slump position, you're not gonna have a good walking core. You're not gonna have good pelvic floor muscles. Men also have pelvic floor muscles and men also develop issues like incontinence <clears throat> excuse me, from a poorly working core. 
and poorly working pelvic floor area. So if you're a driver and you're sitting for long hours, there is a risk of obesity, high blood pressure, and all these other things we've said about. There's also a risk of developing issues to do with genital health, um, which nobody really wants. So if you just sit well, you're going to prevent a whole host of other problems. Um, when you do stop for your um, either your, your shorter truck stops, your mandatory ones, or if you're stopping overnight to actually sleep, what would be fantastic is if you can actually start to develop a routine um, of exercising and something simple like maybe just going for a run around a local block would be great. Um, doing things like press-ups, sit-ups, plank-based exercises. These can all be done in a very small space. You can do it in your cabs. Um, so if the weather's atrocious outside, you can still do an awful lot of work in a static environment. Squat-based exercises, again, very, very powerful and, and um, excellent for what we call your posterior chain. So that's your muscles of your back, your muscles of your bum area, your gluteal area, muscles of your hamstrings. Um, these are really important in helping us to stay erect and, vert uh, and vertical um, so that we can actually walk without um, straining our core uh, muscles. If you could maybe hook on a bicycle, maybe onto the back of your um, truck somewhere, you, rather than going out for a run, if you're not a runner, you could just take your bike out and go for a bit of a spin at the end of your driving day so that you're moving your legs, moving the blood, move, getting air into those lungs, um, helping with your cardiovascular health and helping with your mental health at the same time. Um, if you are neither a cyclist nor a runner, well, there's nothing to stop you from going out for a walk. Go for a power walk, get a pair of maybe ankle weights that you just Velcro onto your ankles or maybe two little water bottles in your hands and, and that'll become you know a little bit of a weight and power your way down for about a kilometer or so. It'll only take you about 20 minutes if that, um, 12, 20 minutes if you're walking really slowly, but if you're going to be powering, it'll only take you 15 minutes or so. Back into the cab, have a nice healthy meal, um, and rest up, sleep well, and, and those should reduce an awful lot of the musculoskeletal injuries. On that note, your sleeping position is also important. So if you are sleeping with your neck very highly cranked up, if you've got too many pillows or very firm pillows, that's not the greatest of ideas. And again, if you were to speak with um, somebody like myself or another physio, we'll be able to tailor and suggest um, what height of pillows you would need. Um, some people have a false understanding that what you need is a flat bed as hard as you possibly can and only one pillow in order to keep spine health going. It's not entirely true because some people actually do need a much softer, much more supportive mattress and some people will need several pillows to support the head in the position that it is correct for their bodies. So um, it's not a case of one size fits all. And if you find that you sleep better in your cab than you do at home, it might be a mattress pillow kind of issue. And it might be if you mimic what you've got in your cab, it might help you at home and vice versa. Brilliant. Brilliant. Poonam, I think that's been absolutely fantastic and so helpful. Um, I think there's been some amazing uh, tips there for, for, for people to take away with. So uh, thank you so much. Um, no, you're very welcome. Um, we've, we've, we've covered everything, I think. So all that's left to do, Poonam, just for those that have joined us more recently or a bit later on the call, you're able to just reintroduce yourself, where people can find you, whether it's on LinkedIn or Facebook, what your company name is, um, and then and then we'll wrap it up. And That's fantastic. Yes, thank you. So um, it, it has been an absolute pleasure to speak with everybody. And uh, I'm very, very passionate about helping people to understand what they can do to look after their bodies and their health. At the end of the day, it is your health. It's your body. It's not mine. So there's no point in holding all the information. So if you've got any questions, by all means, please feel free. Get in touch with Pete who will pass the information on to me or directly get in touch with myself. 
My name is Punam. I am the owner and the director of Peak Health Clinics. This is a, a clinic based in Peterborough in um, Cambridgeshire, just literally minutes off the A1 at Junction 17. Um, and I provide uh, solutions based in physiotherapy, acupuncture, health and wellness. Um, the concept about getting people to the peak of their health is extremely important. And I will look at the holistic body. So I will look at the physical health as well as mental, emotional uh, and you know, psychological health and so on because all of those together will make a difference. So if you've got any questions relating to either the driver work that we've just covered or anything else, if you've got, let's say, an sprained knee, for example, that's going to limit your ability to depress your accelerator, depress your, your, your brakes and such like. So your entire body can be directly affected. It doesn't have to be just neck and shoulders area as a driver. Um, speak with me. I do run um, clinics on a daily basis and I don't have a waiting list at all. So if you do want to get checked over before your next long drive or in between, you've got, like I said, Peterborough services just minutes away from my clinic, you'd be more than welcome to stop by, get a check over. I think the take home message for the um, um, the MDs of the trucking companies is to realize that a lot of the factors we've spoken about are modifiable. They don't all have to have a cost implication, but they do need to have a uh, a listening ear and I think if you were to start to listen with a bit of compassion to the, the individual situations that the drivers have you'd be able to help them as drivers if you were to listen with compassion about the restrictions that your employer has you would also be able to work together and I think teamwork really makes the dream work um, listen to what your bodies are saying listen to what your health is saying to you and if you feel that you're getting to the point where um, life's just getting a bit too much talk to somebody Talk to um, anybody that you can, whether that might be your, your significant others in your family, whether that might be people within the trucking um, fraternity when you stop at the stops, whether that might be um, your, your GPs. Um, there are a good source of information and help, um, but there are other facilities around the Samaritans. There are so many organizations that can help. Um, so if you and if you don't know who to reach out to, I'm always here. And I think Pete's always there as well. We're, we are here to help you out. Fantastic. Thank you. And such great advice as well. So, yeah, I hope everyone's enjoyed it. Um, do tune in uh, to the podcast and, and share it with people if you think it's going to be useful for them. That'd be amazing. Um, and really pleased to have you on. And once again, thank you very much. And take care, everyone. Uh, see you it's all. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so thank much. You. I know. I really hope you loved today's episode. And if you did, please make sure you subscribe and listen out for future episodes too. Please do share it across your social media channels. We hope to reach more and help more people. If you want to find out more about me, my name's Pete Rushmer. You'll find me across any social media channel and my business, Flagship Partners. And we're your partners in success across your business. Thank you. See you again soon.